Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Kristen Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy. And I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Hey, welcome to episode 23. We're going to call this one Making the Process Speak. And it's actually an interview I got to have with one of our clients. His name is Andy Sheffer. He is from the Seattle Parks and Rec Department. He is a phenomenal leader. He's done some really killer work and he was willing to sit down with us and just talk through how they've implemented the four disciplines in his workplace and the difference it's made. Now, one caveat here, um, this interview was done a few months ago, so quite a bit's been updated and I can't wait to catch back up with him. I caught Andy at a time. Do not be fooled by his voice. We got done and he's like, I want to do it again. He is a dynamic leader. He is a real leader's leader. Uh, uh, he he um, is, I think, just well-respected by his staff. Um, he might sound a little tired at time, but do not get lulled. So um, with that, I'm excited for you to guys get this interview, get some powerful insights, and um, I'll catch up with you guys later. Enjoy the interview. All right, so I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here with Andy Sheffer. Can you just tell us more about who you are and um, what you do? All right, I'm the director of facilities for Seattle Parks. Um, facilities oversees a built environment of Seattle Parks, including all the community centers, the aquatic facilities, swimming pools, spray parks, wading pools. Um, we also have a number of auxiliary structures that serve as meeting rooms and um, banquet facilities for public rental and so forth. We uh, also manage all the utilities, enter all the parks, um, including Water, electrical, and gas, and That's such. That's huge. Remind me again. I think I was talking to somebody. It's it's over two hundred, just even just parks. Is that right? Oh yes, it's close to five hundred parks. Five hundred parks. Close. I think it's four eighty five. That's incredible. Just to give people a sense of the scope of where your folks are at, and that's yeah. just parks, not including all of the structures that you just talked about, community Correct, centers. Yeah. And, okay. So when I first met you, this was a little over a year ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, you were just getting into this position, maybe it was two years now. Yeah. You were getting into this position. Um, I got a chance to come and talk to you and your group about the four disciplines of daily management, um, which are, again, making the work visible, making it move, seeing your obstacles, and then um, creating this continuous alignment. And, and then you reached out as you started to take this position and we're really trying to put your arms around how you wanted to set up um, you know, and establish your leadership. Can you just tell us what it was like when you first got here, what it was like as you, in the early days of your leadership? Sure. Um, I think my initially I was um, really trying to under, better understand prioritization and filtering of work orders. Um, our work is primarily uh, driven by work orders and understanding um, the amount of preventative maintenance that was being undertaken versus demand reactionary maintenance because you know my focus has always been to increase preventative maintenance to avoid failures that are create risk to the public and are very costly um, 
to our organization and to the environment as well. I mean, failures have a huge, generally have a big environmental impact, a human impact, and uh, trying to understand exactly what the percentage of business was that was um, uh, demand reactionary based. And um, with the data that I um, could assemble, it seemed like it was around 16%. I'm not sure the data was totally reliable at that time. Now that we have a really um, robust work order system, it's much easier to tell. You know, we're up to about 42% preventative maintenance. Um, and the more preventative maintenance um, we're able to um, commit to, we definitely see a decrease in the reaction maintenance. But that's, so if I think about what you just opened up with, you've got this massive number of um, parks and structures that you need to take care of. You've got a large workforce um, and what's almost it's it's it doesn't it's not that it doesn't exist, but it seemed like it was a bit invisible, difficult to get. Would be um, quickly being able to identify what to prioritize and where, and and on top of that, being able to really begin to see the work in process, like really understanding how much preventative maintenance there was um, with some of the unplanned work of the demand maintenance, and being understand, really being able to see that real time, so you can you know flex your workforce. And, and also be able to wrap my ha hands around all the issues. I wanted a log where I could see all the issues and where we are at addressing them all. Um, and I wasn't able to do that. You know, it was all conversation, note taking, and you know, um, I didn't want any loose ends. I didn't want anything falling, you know, falling through the gaps and. Uh, which is, you know, kind of where the visual man. I needed a management tool, um, and the visual management um, seemed like the best tactic to take, particularly with uh, this particular organization in the trades. Which makes sense because I think most people, they get hired into a job because they're good at what they do. They get um, assigned some work, whatever it looks like, and then they go do it. And then when there are issues especially as a leader trying to figure out what they are, a lot of the time the resolution lives either in people's heads or in conversations, but they don't exactly. live in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so it makes it difficult to know, um, is it being resolved, where in process it is, how big an issue is it, do you need any support, all of those things. So yeah. um, so maybe just tell me um, more about, so you're, you're, you're wanting just to see all this better, what impact did it have on your leadership or your teams not being able to readily see any of these things? Um. I think there was a level of insecurity um, and um, cause it, and it, it was difficult for people, um, there was a, a little bit of a lack of accountability. Um, I think when you have, I think people feel a lot more secure in their work environment when they're um, is a higher level of accountability. Um, so everyone knows who's on first mm -hmm. and what their role is in dealing with any particular issue. Well, that makes sense because especially listening to you talk about security, I can see that there might be an impact on engagement mm -hmm. and morale, um, in addition to just the impact I suppose the hidden work has in trying to figure out who's doing what. 
and the other thing this leads into, I mean, one of the biggest comments from the front line is having uh, project schedules. Mm. And uh, so that every uh, trade knew when to enter, uh, what their part was in any given project and when to enter that project and how to synchronize work, sequence work. And, um, you know, um, we have a number of large, well-planned projects, but it's oftentimes the small projects that need planning, the ones that you feel like you can just shoot from the hip. And there was a lot of that going on, and now everything is pretty well synchronized. I could see that, because that maybe delays things, especially when there are dependencies folks were waiting for each other and and those dependencies um, either become hidden or they're the way the work shapes up they become unknown and that inability to begin to either see them quickly enough or predict them has an impact on folks work and resource management really mm -hmm. comes into play um, that's why you know calling out all the issues at one time in one meeting and balancing the workload is so critical that makes total sense. So since that time, we had an opportunity to share the four disciplines and you and your team had an opportunity to begin thinking about visualizing your work, making it move, um, finding new ways to see these issues, um, see the schedules, see the dependencies, and then um, meeting continuously in a really fast and focused way to, to get aligned. So tell us what you did and um, you know maybe what value it started to bring for you all. Sure. So, um, at the same time that we um, kind of dove into the visual management tools, we were implementing a new automated work order system. And um, that um, controls um, the day-to-day -day work orders, both the man-based and the program preventative maintenance work orders. But the real problem we were having was with the issues that slipped through the cracks that involved, generally involved multiple trades and needed a level of coordination. So um, by prioritizing those issues on the whiteboard, um, assigning a lead to each one of the, I say issues, they're really project, small projects. Mm -hmm. Ass assigning a lead, a start date, an end date, um, listing the trades involved and giving it a prioritization um, it would never be begotten you know and then it stays on the board until the projects completed so um, and then the lead um, um, will discuss you know we, we run through the uh, projects on the whiteboard in the person assigned as lead discusses the schedule and where they're at with completing the you know project at hand it may be um, like we have one project where the uh, controls in a lift station are being um, brought above ground so they won't they're going to be replaced with new and brought above ground so they won't uh, corrode and then it will involve multiple multiple trades including the concrete, electrical, plumbing, drainage and wastewater. So um, what the, the other component is the huddle. 
and going over all the projects in a short period of time. It's the huddles never exceed 15 minutes. Um, and we actually go through, we go through over 40 projects in 15 minutes. And, um, and we're able to do that because they're small issues, you know, small projects. But we go through all the emergent issues. We go through all the energy conservation projects, which are, you know, replacing, switching out old luminaires with LEDs, um, installing um, motion sensors and, and installing VFDs, variable speed drives on motors and stuff like that. So emerging issues, energy conservation projects, and uh, inspections, inspections of capital improvement projects. We go through all of the projects that need inspections, making sure that we're not missing anything. So I'm just gonna pause, because I, I feel like if someone's listening, they might not fully connect everything that you're saying, because there's a lot that you yeah. just just put out there that I think if, if anyone missed, would, it would be sad. So you had, what's fascinating is, so as we met, you had um, a brand new software system, a work order system. Now I think there are some folks out there who maybe have something like it, and um, they think that that's enough. And I think what I heard you say is, you, that was a starting, you need that, you can't yeah. not have that, because um, it tells you like what those work orders are and the priorities. But you leveraged that, you mentioned having a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. so, the work order system helps you manage the result and the work itself, but what you couldn't see in the work order system is where in process something might be, mm -hmm. um, what the issues might be. Um, and the work order system, as great it was, it was somewhat hidden. It was an extra step to go in to see it all. So you created this whiteboard, um, a real whiteboard, mm -hmm. right? Literally. And you brought folks together around it to take a look and see where in process things were, what the issues were. You got to see who the owner was and had that owner actually own walking you through it. Yeah. Okay, so I wanna make sure folks understood that because there's a real difference, right, yeah, between yeah. having data and then making the process talk the way you did. Um, and so for folks who aren't familiar, the huddle is it's a stand-up meeting. A stand-up meeting with um, all the crew chiefs going through all the issues, going through all the, and all the, um, it's not every single work order, and we we get close. We get about seventeen thousand work orders a year. Mm -hmm. It's the larger projects. Um, it's the work order that snowballs into a larger project. Okay, so you're focused it's on the work that. order for one trade that then involves five trades uh -huh. and is a much bigger deal than the person originally thought when they called it in. Um, and there's a lot of them that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And before they, it wasn't really captured. I mean, it, it wasn't. Um, wasn't really captured adequately in the automated software system. It's um, hard to grab somebody's attention sufficiently through the computer, I think, sometimes. sometimes I think there's yeah. nothing like standing in front, everybody standing mm -hmm. in front of a whiteboard mm -hmm. in a high-paced you know, environment mm -hmm. where you know, you're dealing with over 40 projects, 15 minutes covering status, making sure everybody's meeting their deadlines, and if they're not meeting their deadlines, why? So um, how are you able to get through 40 projects in 15 minutes? Because I think folks might hear that. And because yeah. there's a lot, everything, you know, for the most part, everybody's on schedule, mm -hmm. you know? You reiterate who's in charge, mm -hmm. lines of communication are critical. That was one of the biggest issues, too, when I first came here, myself included, is respecting the proper line of communication. Um, 
and making, you know, in the case of these um, projects, making sure that all the communication is going through the lead. Because um, otherwise, you have all sorts of hiccups and issues and morale issues, including morale issues. You know? So by bringing people to the board, you're really creating a structure to drive behavior, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah, that's exactly right. So you, it goes from, it shifts from just saying this is what we need to do to giving people an opportunity to practice it. And not just in an abstract way, like, we're going to get up, and this is what we're going to do, and guess what, you're on point, and then tell us what's missing or what's behind or, or what's going on. And everybody really enjoys it. People look forward to the huddle, you know, because um, it is, it's a great way to start the morning. It's fascinating. And so the huddle for us is one of the routines for creating continuous alignment. So um, maybe you can just share a little bit about what kind of actions get triggered um, from the huddle or what kind of actions get triggered from the visual management. Well, if, I mean, first and foremost, who's on first? Who's the lead? Um, and then... Um, what's the priority of this project? Is this high priority, low priority? Even if it's low priority, it has to get done within, you know, I'd say 60 days max if it's a big project that involves a lot of trades. I mean, the priority, the schedule really depends on the priority and a, on resource management to raise the resources to actually, I mean, that dictates a lot of our work because we have to hit the demand uh, the reactionary workers that come in every day because a lot of them are life and safety issues. So mm -hmm. if we have a project that's not, a, I mean, if it's health and safety, it's a high priority. If it's not immediate health and safety, it can get postponed a little bit. Um, and then schedule, we're always going over schedule. And schedule can slip a little bit here and there, but we can't be constantly pushing on schedule. That's a topic that we're always talking about. You got to commit, get it done, move on. And that's just true for everyone. Uh, everyone has a plan, and then it just bumps up against reality. And in your world, when something that's demand-based shows up that you need to attend to, it sounds like at least now, if it's a priority, like it becomes a priority, then you're able to track back anything that was neglected so that things don't fall too far off track, yeah. which is different. I mean, there are some projects that stay on the board because they're supposed to be closed out, and we have, they've been members of the group that have found issues that have, we have to continue to address. We mm -hmm. don't take it off the board until mm -hmm. it's entirely complete, which is another issue um, that we're addressing throughout our division is making sure that everything is 100% complete to everybody's satisfaction before we close it out. That's huge because that comes back to accountability, mm -hmm. especially when you're working across teams. And it sounds to me like you're really just starting from the pain. Like when we opened up this conversation and I asked you what it was like before, you talked about the difficulty of seeing priorities, seeing the difference between preventative and demand maintenance, seeing the issues, um, seeing the project schedules. And it just sounds like your visuality and bringing people together has just been about those. You didn't try to do it all. You said mm -hmm. these are the the pains, this is the one area, I just listed like four or five, but they all kind of clump together. This is what we want to focus on because it'll make the biggest difference for us and show us our bigger problems, Yeah, which is huge. So you're sharing a lot of different aspects. I'm curious what difference it's made now for your leadership, now that you're able to see these things. Um, I think I, I have a lot more confidence because I know it's, I have a much greater knowledge base of the goings-on 
in my division on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, I know every single issue. I don't necessarily know all the details of, um, of the mechanics associated, um, but I have the information I need. Um, and there's a, much, uh, there's a much greater level of accountability, which helps um, from the confidence standpoint. And um, there's a much greater level of excitement without question. And uh, that helps from a leadership standpoint um, and from a morale standpoint, which we're always working on as well. And I think folks sometimes ask, I know I get asked this question. Um, all right, so you're saying maybe we need to use visuals, whether it's an actual whiteboard or something electronic. And then sometimes they hear someone like you sharing, this is what we did. And now you're beginning to share, you know, some of the benefits. Um, are you seeing that being translated at all into um, any hard results, like our engagement scores have gone up, or our ability to um, deal with or, or balance preventative maintenance sure. is shifting? Or um, well, we I mean we've seen a dramatic shift in um, the percentage of preventative maintenance work that we're doing. Um, we had a backlog of preventative maintenance work orders in every single shop that was uh, just dramatic because obviously demand um, emergent issues take precedent, especially when they're health and safety related. Um, and that backlog has decreased. We still want to do more. Um, I mean, like I said, currently 43% um, of our work is preventative maintenance. We'd like to see that above 50%. Um, so that was, um, that's clearly a direct uh, result of visual management because we use it as a filtering tool. At the end of the huddle, we talk about odd work orders or questions about work mm -hmm. orders. We talk about it as a group. It's increased, um, I think, has enhanced our teamwork um, as well. And I'm curious, how has it changed, if it has, how has it changed um, how you lead or how your team experiences leadership? Or Everybody wants to have more responsibility, and this gives them more responsibility. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's changed the way we um, kind of acknowledge one another. Um, and I think there is, um, everybody's a lot more respectful of the you know, lines of communication and going through um, the uh, appropriate channels, i.e. the um, whoever is um, taking responsibility for an issue, a project, and so forth. Um, it's been really helpful to me. And the other thing that's great is that um, you never have enough people to lead projects, so then you assign the project to somebody who is not a supervisor, who is not a manager, who is, um, you know, a young carpenter or a new electrician who wants, um, you know, is super proactive, energetic, and wants more opportunities, so they have an out-of-class opportunity. That's great. And they work with their crew chief to lead one of these projects. If you were going to talk to somebody uh, and sit down with them and they were going to ask you, is this really worth it? Um, what, what would you share as like either lessons learned or advice? Because 
you're clearly sharing the benefits that you've gotten from it, um, but what would you pass on to somebody who's thinking about this or um, is hearing this for the first time as, as far as like what they can learn from your journey so far? Yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things where uh, it's it's been extremely advantageous. We started it um, by just looking at the emergent issues, mm -hmm. the work orders that kind of snowballed into projects. Then we added all of our inspections because we felt like um, we weren't able to just we we weren't sure whether our comments were necessarily being incorporated into the uh, construction processes. Then we entered these energy conservation projects because we wanted to um, take, um, wanted to be more accountable for our numbers from an energy standpoint. Um, but you, you know, you can start small and work up and I think to any degree that somebody adds this to their management, they're going to add a lot of energy. They're going to increase team, the teamwork, and they're going to increase. Well, I would think they would increase morale. Our morale issues largely stem from lack of accountability in projects, and it made everybody frustrated mm -hmm. um, in sequencing of work. And those are issues that we do that um, our whiteboards deal specifically with the a lot of I also think people confuse I mean I guess visual management is a broad concept so you could incorporate you know maybe you could say that there's a lot of software that could be conceived as visual management but um, that doesn't seem very dynamic to me mm -hmm. I mean not only by using a whiteboard and going back to the basics, you are you are the visual. You know, you are um, putting the information on the whiteboard in the huddle. You are engaging with your people. It's a break away from technology, and I think in any management, um, leading any organization, you got to you got to take a step back from technology every once in a while to have any kind of impact. Mm -hmm. I mean, not, this has had impact. The reason it has had impact is because we've stepped away from taking a break from technology and maybe reiterated what's um, reflected in the data just in a different way. It sounds like it's really tactile. Yeah. It's dynamic. You have to interact with it, which is different. In all forms. Feeling, mm -hmm. speech, um, we tend to increase the volume. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people in the room. Mm -hmm. It's not arguing, but everybody's excited. You can build off of each other. And I think you mentioned earlier before we started actually recording any of this, just the difference it makes to have that kind of um, interaction and the number of touch points yeah. with um, your leaders. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, what's unfortunate is we used to have two huddles each 15 minutes every week. Mm -hmm. And then, when I first started, we had so many issues, so many of these projects. Mm. Well, the funny thing is the projects have gone down. Mm. So then it was suggested by a lot of people that we only have one. And I really wish we had it because now that one meeting is going over 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't think you want it to go over 15 minutes. Mm -mm. And if it needs to be over 15 minutes, because it's supposed to be high energy. Mm -hmm. 
people can't sustain high energy for much more than 15 minutes. When you're standing up, you're, you know, moving quickly, um, you got to pay attention, sustained attention. Um, 15 minutes should be the allotted amount of time. And um, so I think we'll go back to twice a week soon if we, you know, if we can't bring it down to 15 minutes. I feel like this whole thing's a learning. And um, we always say the huddles should match the frequency of you know, your process. So some folks will huddle three times a day because yeah. you know, things are, are rolling that fast. Sometimes it's a couple times a week. Um, there's, I think there's a ton of leadership takeaways in what you just shared. I mean, you started off by making sure that you know, folks understood you don't have to take it all on. You can build piece by piece. Um, and then you know, we've talked a lot about um, you know, these visual boards that show the process. That's all technical. But someone has to drive it. So you just talked about you know, bringing energy with it. Is, is a, a, it's kind of the unspoken inside of all of this, uh -huh. right? Um, and so maybe as we close, it would be helpful to hear um, what, were, what would be like great um, change management takeaways in terms of building adoption for this. Because I'm sure that when you started, um, folks were skeptical, resistant, unsure what it was, right? Yeah. I mean, I was just standing up there in front of a whiteboard. So, I mean, I was kind of like a <laughs> dartboard for them. Um, so it was fine. I mean, I just, you know, I got a lot of jokes you know, mm -hmm. and banter, and that cha gradually changed. So from a, you know, it was entertaining to folks. You know, it's not like you're adopting a piece of software. I mean, it's painless. <coughs> if you're willing, stand up there and be a dartboard, who cares? You have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. They're not, I mean, your staff aren't going to have a problem with it. You know, it's entertainment. It really is. That's why the people, that's why everybody enjoys it so much. So 15 minutes. It's entertaining. It's, like I said, fast-paced and interesting projects. Everybody's got something to add to the conversation. Everybody's got their specialty. They're all, they're all representatives. Everybody at each one of these huddles are representatives of each one of the trades. Mm -hmm. So they've all got something to add. And it's, I mean, it's making every project that much better. And um, so from a change, it's hardly even change management. Mm. You know, uh, we, yeah, I mean, they may choose, you know, I, I think, I think the, I, I don't know, whenever I think of change management, I think, I always think of the different um, management software programs we get. They're just brutal, you know? Mm -hmm. But this is dealing with other, you know, for me, dealing with other um, individuals, colleagues, um, wrapping our heads around projects. I mean, that's the fun, that's the best part of the work, so. It sounds like part of it is, you knew it was going to make a difference for your team and their life as a leader and their life with their projects um, because you knew their pains and you were willing to stand up there and be in action. Yeah, and you know the other thing is, I mean, seriously, it doesn't cost any money. Mm -hmm. I mean, you buy a whiteboard for Pete's sake, you try it out. <laughs> How many right. management styles are like that mm -hmm. where, I mean, gosh, you, you buy a new piece of software for seven, you know, whatever, three to seven million dollars, you're you're in it, man. Mm -hmm. And in your, you know, you got to make this work. You know, gosh, hey, if it doesn't work, somebody will want this whiteboard. I'm I'm good, you know. So that's yeah, very cool. Andy, thanks so much for sharing yeah, your story. Thank you. I'm excited for folks to hear it and to hopefully be inspired to check this out and 
either get a hold of you or just take action themselves. So okay. thank you. Thanks.